in five, four, three, yes. two, one. <laughs> That's the best intro ever. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. Today we have a repeat guest, Nick. What's up, Nick? Woo! Yeah. Um, yes, no agenda today. <laughs> Do we have an agenda for today? Zero. Oh, so, great. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he, I've been working. He's like off the charts right now. <laughs> <laughs> God, nobody watches the videos. <laughs> he's cheating <laughs> off the charts. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I feel, I feel like life is kind of hectic. But I, I've, I felt like that for such a long time. I think it's just a New York City thing. And I, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if New York City is like a right long-term place for me. I, I just feel like everyone around me is hustling so much. And then I'm just like, oh, I kind of want to just, just chill. So that's how I'm feeling. Hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of curious. What do you mean by hustling? I know everyone says everyone's fast-paced culture hustling in New York. What do you experience in the time that you've been there for what, eight, six months now? Eight months? Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of random people that I meet are very ambitious and they have like cool career stuff going on. Like everyone, everyone has some sort of goal. Um, obviously, there are like billions of people, so not everyone, but it seems like it. And uh, yeah, it seems very competitive. Like, I feel like a lot of my coworkers, I feel like I'm the laziest person out of all my coworkers, but I'm like, I'm not a lazy person. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, <clears throat> there's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of people who, who get paid well, and then they have nice apartments and, and it's, it's very competitive. And then, you know, you can, you can make a lot more money, but then you like live in like a slightly better place. I don't know, just a lot of that competitive stuff. And I, and I feel like, I feel like there are versions of that in every city, but at least when I was in Los Angeles, I was just like living at my parents' house and I, I was shielded from a lot of that. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I do, I do feel like the the West Coast. I, I really vibe with because I just. Why don't you leave know. Seattle? Yeah. Like Seattle is pretty laid back, right? Where you're like, hey, I want to go get more stressed in New York and walk twice as fast <laughs> when I go places. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm like never walking fast enough now. Man, it sucks when I'm there. I'm just like chilling, <laughs> walking. And then everyone I'm around, they're like, yo, bro, you're slow. And then I used to do cross country and track back in the day. I'm like, what? I'm slow? And <laughs> compared to everyone, like those guys' pace are so fast. No wonder yeah. why everyone's like pretty in shape over there. <laughs> yeah, there's like a right way to walk where you have to like go as fast as the person in front of you. And if not, then you have to like get out of the way. Are you serious? There's actual etiquette. Yeah, there's. Well, I mean, oh, I mean, I, so underlying etiquette. Yeah, 
I mean, not like Japanese etiquette where like you're just standing on one side of the escalator. Like that's pretty cool, but like New York's pretty rude. Like they'll make it be known that you're slow. Really? From my experience, like they'll 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 mean mug you. Yeah, I feel like I feel like whenever I leave New York City and just talk to like <laughs> a random, go? it's like I don't know, like like random pharmacists at CVS. I I'm always I'm always just like, wow, it's so. People are so polite. People are so nice to me. But yeah, it's just a big city thing. Like when you're when you're like slightly out of line, then someone's gonna be mad about it. Like like one time I rode I rode a my bike across Brooklyn Bridge, and they they made bike lanes recently, so there's like a separate place to go in. I didn't know that because it wasn't there when I first went there, and then this white lady first of all of course it's a white lady but she was like so mad that i was riding karen. a bike on on the brooklyn bridge <laughs> got karen her name was like, like I, I i was just like dude i'm sorry this is the worst thing that happened to you today and <laughs> i'm sorry this is the worst thing that I, oh my goodness it's crazy dude, dude she was yeah she was so mad it was like i was i was biking and then she 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 tried to stop me so she like she like went and she like went in front of me and originally i was i was going to move out of the way but she was like coming towards me so i was like okay and so i just went right towards her and then that that spooked her a little bit and at the very second last second i moved out of the way and then she like hit my shoulder oh I was like, wow, very you got physical over there. Yeah. I'm concerned yeah, also... for your health. You're both in mental health as well. <laughs> yeah. And I, went I mean, to, I, was, I was like, I was like, I'm the one with the bicycle. Like you shouldn't be like you shouldn't be like trying to get in the way because I'm I'm moving quite fast. But yeah. What were you saying? Well, I went to um I went to Vancouver for the Dota 2 tournament, the international. And Ooh. um so it was cool. Like went to Vancouver, got to meet. But we'll see Canadian culture. It's kind of it feels so similar to Seattle. Um, but while there, like I was just talking to the person at the merchandise stand, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, this is my first time in Canada." And she's like, "Oh, where are you from?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm from Arizona or from the states." She's like, "Whoa, that's so surprising." I was like, "Why? What's up?" Just like, and then she let me know she doesn't really meet polite Americans. I was like, oh, that's strange because most of the people who I'm around are similar to me. And I was just like, what part of the States have you been to? It's just like New York. And then I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that, that makes sense why you have that perception of America. Well, even have like this heightened perception of like, you know, being rude for being Americans. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of rough. Did you like Vancouver, okay. by the way? It was okay. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a big Seattle fan. But, like, I, this is how I, like, usually mention my time in Canada. Like, people there are really friendly. And me being a pretty friendly person, I'm not used to the standard being we're already friends. Like, in America, like, it's, like, cool. Like, we're not friends, but we're going to get to know each other, and then we'll be friends. So it's kind of a different dynamic where people are like, oh, hey, what's up? What's your last door? I'm like, oh, this is strange. I'm going to have to get used to this a little bit. Yeah, the Canadian thing. <laughs> I I uh I was in Vancouver a few weeks ago and and I really liked it. Like before I even arrived in Vancouver, I was just like I like it. Just like seeing all the buildings and stuff and then and then we got in and I saw the bike lanes 
and I was just like, hell yeah. <laughs> Do they have nice bike uh, lane infrastructure? Yeah, they have, well, Vancouver proper, like downtown, it's really great for walking and biking and public transportation is good. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you can find someone who lives in Vancouver who will find something to complain about, but <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really good. I mean, they, they have other issues like, uh, like the cost of housing is extremely high. Uh, and so there, there are a lot, I guess it's easier to immigrate to Canada. And so there are a lot of people that just like come in and buy a bunch of condos, like never live in them and then make it really hard for the average Canadian to, to buy a place. So it's like, it's, you know, similar problems in the U S but then just like more out there. Um, but I, I did, I did like it. Yeah. yeah You're right. It's, it's like a Canada, Seattle. What I was telling me for like Vancouver, I'm not too sure how accurate this is, but they were giving visas for anyone who had like a master's degree to be able to get into Canada. I'm like, huh, that's a pretty cool initiative. Oh. It was true where like they just really wanted educated people within their country. It's like, that's dope. Whereas like, it's a great America, idea. yeah, like we, yeah. people just go into a lottery system. Yeah. So uh, Hugh and or Nick, anything you guys wanted to talk about today or I mean, we could we could small talk about about different cities, but what do you want? Anything you want to ask? I I, I let Nick know that I I've always loved talking with Nick about pretty much anything. We go to the gym a lot during the weeks, and we'll talk about basically everything Moonty talks about and or more. Nick was just asking crypto stuff the other day. We talk about finances, talk about politics, talk about social issues. Nick being in HR as well is super has a really interesting perspective of just communication dynamics and possible social perspectives on things and then also having been uh, someone who's learning muay thai right now and not mm-hmm. me that nick knows is learning muay thai right now and having learned jujitsu and continuing to learn all of those crafts it's kind of awesome to talk to such a well-rounded character in a sense so i'll just let the audience know and you too that I'm pretty much just a beginner at everything I'm doing right now so like <laughs> I, I'm like just there's a lot of activities I'm pretty much in one to just get better at like music guitar oh, grilling you're amazing at. oh yeah I'm, I'm okay at cooking but like I'm really starting to go back to square one for a lot of activities like Muay Thai guitar primarily to one learn the skill and try to have longevity with it and two, just because I want to support my friends who do it. So I'm like, hey, can you just give me privates and I'll pay you for the privates and it'll be a win-win. And no, it's oh. just more like I would just want to spend more time with my friends and just learn a skill with them. So you, so you pay your friends to hang out with you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great model, right? And then you get to see them. You have an excuse to go see your friends each week. And then you're I'm like, and just being respectful of their time because like, okay, hey, I make... I have enough, might as well, and you're pretty much spending like one to two hours with me. You probably don't want to be teaching someone who's a beginner and asking you all the, these dumb questions. So it's like, okay, hey, I, I get it. Did you stop BJJ and start Mu- Muay Thai? 
Yeah, so the reason behind that is kind of like I was mentioning, I had a, a friend, his name's Shamik Hayes. Shout out to Shamik. He just did a Muay Thai tournament, got the strap. National, right? <laughs> yeah, he's, it was a national Ooh. tournament. So like for him, I know that he was struggling financially. And then I was like, hey, oh, dude, I don't mind helping you out. And I know he had a hard time asking for help. So I just let him know like, hey, I don't mind helping you. Like maybe we could just have these go to classes. And with that, I was like, okay, hey, I probably don't want to do both BJJ and Muay Thai at the same time. So pivoted from one to the other. And also trying to lose weight. I'm like, okay, hey, Muay Thai is going to be helping out with that a little bit more. Oh, does it help more than BJJ? Yeah, BJJ isn't, it's very technical, right? Like you're in someone's guard. You're not really like, it's a lot of micro movements, but like Muay Thai is a lot more like, endurance you gotta punch things like a lot of cardio involved i'm like okay hey like cool i gotta learn how to throw a punch and lose weight oh cool so uh basically for whoever is listening don't mess with nick that's that's (laughs) the message (laughs) if you don't know any martial arts yeah i'll have an advantage if you know a little bit even karate or anything i'm done i'm done i'll submit (laughs) i'm freaked out that's funny and we're gonna do a triathlon too in May, which is cool. So yeah. that's good. I'm getting into it. Where's yeah. where's that? Uh, LA, right? Yeah, Long Beach. Long Beach, yeah. Oh, uh, nice. Which oh, one? Long Beach. I, I don't think it is long. Venice Beach. Nah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Nah, one of the beaches. One of the beaches. Not John's gonna have to swim in one of those beaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Are yeah, you gonna I'm... do a triathlon, John? In in June. Yeah. Cool. You want to come to LA to do a triathlon with us? <laughs> come in. If, if LA if LA was closer, I would. <laughs> and also, maybe if you ever visits. So. <gasps> oh, he, he's a bad boy. Oh God, <laughs> I've I've bailed he, on all of you. He's a bad boy. He's a he was just a tease. I I I'm I'm not I'm not Hugh. I'm not here to give you a hard time, but I will say. Jackie, <laughs> Jackie is very persistent. Like every every month or so, she's just like, "Hey, you have you gotten your fights yet?" And I'm just like, Jackie, just give up. <laughs> it's tough. We haven't learned that yeah. lesson yet. To to give up, uh, on you, dude. Dude, I see her. I see her like probably every week, which is it's so funny because Hugh introduced us on the podcast, like like eight months ago or something and yeah i like swam with her yesterday so she's she's like in my friend circle so so here we we talk about how much we wish you were out here You're, you don't get a break bro i feel bad for you even on your own podcast you don't get a break even on your own i feel so bad and oh, i contribute not- to this too but I don't understand. I, I didn't know the magnitude of how much crap you get yourself into. <laughs> yeah, this, I need the fifth. <laughs> it's okay. We don't have to. We don't have to dig into it. I'm just. I'm doing this on behalf of Jackie. I've given up already. I don't care. I see Hugh like once a week. I talk to him about podcast stuff. Like I get. I get my my fix. So maybe maybe Jackie should do a podcast with you. Maybe she should take initiative. Anyways. Anyways, um, we digress. Yeah, let's go see. Uh, let's go see. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, 
So I, I remember we talked about uh, HR stuff last time. Uh, we also talked about BJJ. Um, out of all the topics that you mentioned, was there any in particular that any interested you? For us? I don't know. We can talk about parenting. I talked to him. Yes, I'm down with this. All right, all right. Here, here's a hypothetical for the audience, and this is one I want John's Kim opinion on. All right. <laughs> um, I know that John. I mean, Hugh probably has asked you this already too. But <clears throat> for me, I'm wondering when I have kids, if they were getting bullied, what would you instruct your kid to do? And if they got in a fight, how would you react? Does it matter what age or grade? I'd say like pre-16. Like pre before they get in trouble with the law. I feel like I feel like I would sign up my kid for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like give give the kid like six months of lessons and then it'll be it'll be like no one, you know, that'll be that'll be like a lot of confidence and um and a huge advantage over like some random bully. Um, and then, yeah, if it's, if it's like bad enough, then I'm sure I'll like talk to the school or talk to whoever's in charge, like whoever's the, the, the ad- adult in the room. Um, I haven't really thought about that because I don't, I don't. Yeah, I, I, w- I was, I'm like, I'm not someone who is like bullied a lot growing up. I think there are like times here and there, but then it's not, yeah, it's not something I've like thought about, but yeah, maybe like boxing classes, jujitsu classes, like come back in a year and then, and then be like, what? (laughs) You have something to say to me? Six months. (laughs) We'll do a face off in six months. No, because I was telling uh, Hugh, um, for me, I know some of my friends, like they grew up taking like Taekwondo classes, karate classes, and they still were bullied. And like, I asked them like, hey, you know, why, why didn't you ever like fight back or use the martial arts that you learned? And it was always the same answer of, hey, you know, like I wanted to, or like, you know, I was just afraid that my parents would get mad at me. The school would get, I would get in trouble with the school. I was like, man, that's seems like a waste that your parents put you into a martial arts to let you know that you can't use it or to at least like set a perception that you can't use it. And mm-hmm. I felt like it was very counterintuitive. And I was just like, man, like I want my kid to be to to reward my kid to do something courageous because if they did stick up for themselves, like that's a huge courageous act. So I was like, huh, if my kid did get into a fight and like, yeah, I would love, oh, I'm going to have, I hope to have them in martial arts. And then if they do get into a fight, I'm like, and get suspended, I'm like, okay, hey, I'm going to take off some work and we're going to go to Disneyland because I am <laughs> up for yourself, right? And you did some, an act of courage. I was like, yeah, like, so that's been my viewpoint on it. And I know that Hugh finds it pretty intriguing. What, what about psychological bullying? What if it wasn't physical or intimidation because Taekwondo, karate are for self-defense of physical actions. What about mental actions that are like someone's just manipulative or just psychological bullying of every day. You're an idiot. You're absolutely. Why are you here? You're so dumb. I think I would instruct my kid that do whatever you need to, to stop the bullying. Hmm. 
So, you know, like whatever you need to, if you try to use your words, that doesn't work. Like I'm sure other means would stop a person from saying rude things to you. Not to encourage people to go out there and go get into fights, not encouraging anyone to get bullied. I'm like, I do not, would never encourage my kid to bully another kid, but I know that bullying is a real thing. And I would love for them to try to sort the problem by using their words, but you know, kids don't always listen. So yeah, you know, like if he ever does something where it does get physical, I feel like I wouldn't further punish him. Or she. Yeah, he or she. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if how I I mean, probably the case, but like if and when I have children, I feel like my answers will be very different. But I'm I'm a big believer in agency and letting your kid like giving your kid the power to make decisions and then kind of kind of like be guide rails instead of instead of like the master decision maker and so let's say let's say my kid was going through like psychological bullying and i found out about it i would i'd probably just be like like hey what do you think will help you do you need do you need improv classes do you need to talk to a therapist um like do you need me to to like talk to the teacher. So yeah, and hopefully my kid's not dumb. Just like has <laughs> no idea. <laughs> like hopefully the kid has like some some sense. Um but yeah, I don't know. It I, I feel like those kinds of things are really hard to think through the scenario until you're there. Because it's like, oh what if my what if my kid's struggling in school? Like I don't know. There's probably like millions of reasons and it's it's not as clear-cut as as like i'll do x y and z because people are complicated yeah i get that and you know i'm sure it's going to change whenever it happens i guess i'm just thinking through like yeah i don't really want to punish my kid if they do end up trying to do something if they did end up sticking up for themselves and they come home to like a parent just like why the heck did you get suspended like no like I feel like that would be counterintuitive on my end. Rather, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'd much rather go to Disneyland with my kid. It's <laughs> such a good idea. I love that. I like never thought when I first heard that idea, it kind of like blew my mind in a sense. I was like, wow, wait, that makes total sense. If your kid stuck up for themselves and they got suspended, sad that they got suspended and such, it's not the end of the world and shouldn't make them not feel guilty about that. Huh. Make them proud of it. Like, okay. Oh. Like the guardrails of, you know, do what you need to do to stop the bullying. But at the end of the day, I'm sure that I don't want to see my kid get bullied. And I would, yeah, them, yeah do what you need to do. Uh, like, if you need me to step in, maybe. I, I don't really want to solve my kids' problems. <laughs> Nick's, Nick's about to beat up a third graders. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go. Like, uh, like, I wouldn't want to. By then, him. he's like a Muay Thai master. He's like, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> We're throwing down to location. It's a location. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've, like, I feel like for me, the one thing I've always wanted to be was like a dad for the longest time. So like, and just seeing my family dynamic, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, I've, I always had such supportive parents. I'm like, huh, cool. What could I do even better for my kids? Like, luckily I never had to get into a fight. I probably, like, I was 
I guess I wasn't I wasn't really too picked on and when I did get picked on I'm like oh hey like when it did get escalated I knew when to kind of draw back but yeah good thing those kids also well luckily for me they didn't go any further because I'm like I don't think I could have really fought anybody I was a small kid oh yeah Uh, Uh, parenting questions they're so good yeah what are you what are you looking forward to why do you say that you're looking forward to being a parent I guess maybe just to pay forward like what my parents did for me like you know being born an immigrant kid just seeing like how much they sacrificed like their entire life was my brother and I I was like wow like this is crazy days where my parents wouldn't go buy a meal for themselves or like even like fast food they'd much rather make something simple at home so that they could save money for us to like go to a movie or something and as a kid you're just like cool I'm going to a movie but when you grow up you have like this kind of sense of wow they they did me a solid so so might as well pay for it and I know I have two nieces right now I love them to death and my brother's my biggest role model so I'm like huh I know you're pretty well off at this point so I can't really buy there's not really much I could buy for my nieces so the best thing I can do for you two is spend my time with them and it's a lot of fun and I guess I just got to realize that with the girls right now, they're so cute. But I know once they mm-hmm. turn like 12, 13, that they're going to they're gonna want their independence. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, might as well let me really cherish this, this time with them because it's, it's finite. And, by, and when the time comes that they want to be independent, I don't need to be resentful that it's like, oh, man, like, can we solve the good old days? It's like, no, like, they're grown up at that point. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I'm also looking forward to being a parent. And one thing, one thing I thought about was like, let's say I don't have kids. I will be, I will be the first person, the first living thing, from literally the beginning of time, to not pass down my genes. Because <laughs> it was like my parents and their parents, and then just kept going if i do not have children i will be the i will be like the 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 person the end of your bloodline yeah from from the beginning of time until now i will be the person to not pass down um that's not that's not the reason but that's something i think (laughs) no no that's crazy no it's a great idea yeah no it's crazy how tough humans are like how like reproduction like just passing on our gene was such a crucial part of where we are today yeah yeah and from the beginning of time like yeah and the chances time. of it of all the people that and darwinistic tendencies of the world what was it in sapiens there's like a one in x zero percent <laughs> chance that we're here today oh oh man it's i should weird. reread that book for um, me i have a pole in the backyard and then I always see animals get caught in there and then they drown. And I don't know, like, there's just something so profound about how much people's, how much grit and struggles any living thing will go through in order to, like, survive. So, like, I'll see, I saw a carpenter bee the other day just, like, 
trying to get out of there. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, let me get you out. But other times I'll see things just latching on to the pool cleaning hose. And like, they're just hanging on to that thing for dear life. I'm like, man, I wonder how long you've been here before I even <laughs> came to see you and like tried to get you out. But like, it's it's rough, but it's at the same time, like beautiful how much life is worth. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was about to die, I'm I'm also gonna try my best to survive. <laughs> I it makes sense to me. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, <laughs> just seeing it, right? Just like seeing it yeah. every day from an animal or something where it's just flailing all its limbs just to try to make every attempt it can to continue living to continue that life yeah. to continue, you know like passing on whatever they're to do whatever they needed to do yeah Hugh are you are you uh into the idea of having children I would love children one day without a doubt my so my mom was an only child from the Chinese one child policy right and then she I'm uh, one of two so I have a sister four years older and that was really nice I definitely, I, I remember we talked with uh, on one of the podcasts, I don't remember which, but I was like, yeah, I don't know how, I don't, I personally wouldn't want to be an only, have one, one child be an only child that respected if people do that, but at least two, if not three, I, I think that would be cool. I, I don't know how people do five, seven, 10. I, I start young. Some, yeah, somebody that's a lady at my jujitsu gym. Eleven, one of eleven. Like, wait, what? Oh. Was she from America? No, she's here. Yeah, she's she's an um, Anglo-Saxon. Or, wow. Because I know, like back in the day, you made your kid that's like your kids was labor. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah, like, like, that's you, true. You grow up in a farm. You have kids to like help you out with the farm. But like now, I'm like, or take care of you when you're older. That's literally it. I'm like, I my dad drinks a, a Manhattan every night or an old fashioned, and. I'm like, I'm taking the progeny tax. So I'll just take a sip. <laughs> you brought me into this world. I'm taking a tax for being your son. <laughs> you brought me in. <laughs> I didn't have a say. I've been, uh, in my circles, I've been seeing some cases where I have a few friends who are not sure if they want to have children. Yeah. And they actually end up, in some case, like some cases, dating a girl who, like, for sure does not want children. And so there, there's this, there's this interesting dilemma where, where my, my friends were just like, oh, I didn't, I didn't have a strong opinion about having kids or not having kids, but then I don't know how I feel about like a hard stop of not having kids. And that's like a really big, yeah, that's a really big decision. And that's, that's like. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And then I feel like now that I'm 30 years old, I would have expected more of my friends to start having kids cuz like my dad had me when he was at when he was like 30. So So yeah, it's 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 interesting. We're all we're all just like like we're reaching puberty earlier and then we're having children way later. Um, yeah, no, no comment. Just thinking out loud. You're good. Is it more common? Do you feel like that sentiment is more common in New York? 
where people <clears throat> don't want kids? I, I think in cities, people tend to have fewer children, have children later in life. And with that, you have people who, who do not have kids. Um, New York seems rough. Dude. You gotta walk fast. <laughs> you have to you have to pay a lot in taxes. I know. How do you afford you a space pay. for kids? Like you can't how, have kids. You yeah, I mean that's two bedrooms. That's how, <laughs> three salaries. That's how a lot. Of, that's how a lot of people move out of the city. And it's crazy. It's crazy because I'm starting to see people with no kids start to really baby their pets. And I don't know if just thinking out loud too that. I feel like there is a sense of responsibility that people have and like to fill that hole. And if you didn't have kids, like it goes to something else. And I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like there is this like nurturing instinct within us to really care for something. And like for me, like seeing like a dog get overly like pampered, it's kind of weird. <laughs> like but really peeling back the layers it's like okay cool like this person really cares about something more than they than themselves that seems pretty cool in my mind yeah my life order is houseplant girlfriend uh dog children so, so but yeah. that's a hierarchy <laughs> no that's just like life order Okay. <laughs> I, was like, that's, I was like, what? I was like, that's amazing. I, I really don't understand how this guy thinks. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I was just reading an article the other day, or watching someone talk about it, I guess, was China has an offset of 114 women to 100 men right now, I believe. Whoa. And so in a billion plus, it's about 34 to 36 million women more than men so oh. there's a huge disconnect in in that type of uh, mating scheme and then like japan i hear they're not having children as much anymore and so like that's a that's it's interesting it's like do you i don't i need to read more into that do you any of you know more about the japanese situation on that where they might run out of people to take care of their older people in the next few generations so like I, I pretty much just know as much as that or just hear as much as that where like right now Japan's younger populations really have to take care of the older populations. And like that is a huge tax for that age group where like it's, it, they don't even have time or like I don't even know what goes on there. I know my brother talks to me about how Japan's one of the few places that is so strict on immigration like they just won't open their borders or like really allow much immigration into their country. So I'm like, wow, that's, that's crazy how important immigration is to sustain a nation almost. So like, that's as like, these are just interesting ideas. I don't know how much of them are true, but it's crazy. I mean, I saw, I saw a few documentaries about, about the situation but it's i mean it's pretty much just that like people people young people don't like the idea of of being married and having kids like they just want to like work hang out with their friends just like live single life which i think i think single life is pretty good too but 
yeah, it's just like on a very wide scale. And so if you're like 35 years old and all of your friends are also like doing their own thing and not, not getting married and not having kids, then like, I, I feel like there's not really that kind of like peer no, pressure. Pressured. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Like if no one and, else has kids, it's like, okay, cool. I don't need to have kids. Like I'll be the weird one if I had a kid. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're on track to, to uh, like dramatically lose their population in a few generations. You know, it's, it's, it's exponential. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, the Japanese language one day might just be extinct. Damn. Yeah, that's kind of that is kind of sad. Um, but yeah, similar, it similar in Korea, people are like getting married later, having kids later, all that stuff. I think not to the extent of Japan. I feel like I feel like Japan's really interesting because there's a lot of just like I feel like people are just not dating as much. Mm. Oh, actually, I read I read that people are not dating as much in general. Like in the U.S., people mm. are not dating as much, especially like young people. Is it more like hookup culture, or is it just uh, even not even there? Like people just aren't just or like the the hookup culture is less than it was in the past. Oh, what about significant relationships or monogamous relationships? Or... I don't have the statistics in front of me, so I don't it's, have okay. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I never have statistics. He was asking about stats. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I just <laughs> stuff. I'll have to learn more about it. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Parenting. I feel awesome. like I'd love to just. I, I I enjoy teaching kids, and I don't know if I'll enjoy teaching my kids, but I find that to be one of the most rewarding things, like teaching kids to swim that are three to five are it's like such an enjoyable feeling i just kind of want to be able to throw my child into the pool (laughs) (laughs) do the kids want to learn like for my nieces like they're just ravenous like they just want to continue to just be occupied with learning and experiencing new things like i was telling hugh i experienced youtube in such a different way the other month where my oldest niece she's five and then she would be drawing like characters and I'm like, cool, like they're pretty decent. Like she, she highlights different areas of the character. She's just like, hey, you know, I learned how to draw anime eyes. I'm like, cool. I never really crossed my mind how she learned it. I just thought she looked at something and just recreated it. And there's one day when we were just eating dinner, she was just like itching to go what they call craft. And then <laughs> my brother's just like, okay, okay, hey, we'll, we'll let you craft after dinner. And we're like, okay. I go to the bathroom, hang out with my brother a little bit, come back, see my niece. She's drawing and with her iPad in front of her. I was just like, what's going on here? Why, why, is, why do you have an iPad? And she's learning how to draw based off of YouTube videos as a five-year-old. It's like, wow, this, this is such amazing technology. Like for me, I'm just on YouTube listening to like Joe Rogan podcasts or like Great Art Explain, just like random stuff like that. Just like dialogue but it was cool how she was actually interacting or like using this tool to learn how to really learn a new skill at a young age i learned guitar partially from youtube that's awesome but 
Yeah, that is, that is really cool to have these tools in front of you. And, and it's like same tool. Like there are some people who learn how to draw and then there are some people that, that like get stuck in 4chan world. <laughs> like, hmm. Yeah. Um, That's a heck of a thing to think about where like people really like deviate and start getting to their echo chambers. Yeah. Um, I saw a really interesting documentary. It's called Feels Good, Man. And it's about the artist who created Pepe the Frog. It was, re- it was really good. And he's, uh, for those of you listening, Pepe the Frog is a, he's this symbol of the alt-right and it's like, was, was char- characterized like officially as hate speech at one point. But the artist who made Pepe the Frog is is just like, like he he hates that somehow the alt right like, like took possession of his creature, which he just he just made a comic one day, and it, it was just there, and it was like this harmless thing. It was just like Pepe, this guy was just like hanging out with his friends. Um, that was a really interesting documentary. Um, Okay, this almost seems in line with like the swastika, and just not to get too controversial here, like <laughs> it is pretty crazy. Like, how what happens if a bad party takes something you made and then t- makes it their symbol, right? Like the mm-hmm. swastika is, is was the other way around in Buddhist. I don't know, like Hindu, art, yeah, yeah like Hinduism. oh, isn't it like the Buddhist sign for peace? Yeah, right. It so, like, it it's it was it existed much longer than the Nazis, right? Then the Nazis take it, flip it around, and they're just like, "This is mine now." That's like, man, that sucks for all of that like thousand of years that it used to be used for this other religion that had nothing to do with the Nazis, but now it's the symbol of hate that no one could use. Uh, yeah, interesting. And I mean, it's crazy how it parallels with Pepe the Frog. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's he's also monk ass. Monk ass. Yeah, monk ass. Um. Um. Oh, I wanted to talk about a a topic that Hugh mentioned, which was like investments and finance and personal finance and all that stuff, and. I don't, I don't know if we talked about it last time, but I'm, I'm curious how both of you are thinking about it and feel free to like not share parts of this knowing that, you know, this is all going on the internet. Um, yeah. Hugh talks to me so much about different investment strategies. So like, <laughs> hey, you know, have you ever thought about a lean or this when we're at the gym? I was like, man, I... I don't know any of this stuff. Like for me, I pretty much just put some money away in the stocks into my stock market portfolio. And then like whenever a property opens up, that makes sense. I'm like, okay, I'll buy it if I can. And like, it's like, for me, my investment strategy is like super simple. Like, it's just like, whenever I, I like what my brother always says, it's like, Hey, you know, investments will call you instead of you going to fund them. Ooh. And then I was like, huh, that, that is interesting. It sounds very like cloud nine guru level stuff, but like, 
I follow in his footsteps. It's like, hey, where should I buy? Like for me, I really like just renting, I mean, buying and renting properties. Um, and at this point, I'm like, Arizona's market's slow, pretty inflated. Where do I go next? I'm like, okay, hey, Alaska seems kind of cool. So, oh, really? Yeah. So, <laughs> this is, so my my in my mind, it's pretty simple. It's just like, cool. How much is how much is my mortgage per month? How much could I rent it out for? If renting it out is more than my mortgage, okay. I mean, yeah. What's your investment strategy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you tell us about these liens. Honor me, you know me. <laughs> I don't have my investment strategy is not very successful. So <laughs> I, I do some equities, stock market, I suppose, some crypto on the side, trying to build up some side income, possibly from side projects. And then trying to figure out, you know, the 401ks or Roth IRAs when those are applicable. And it would be nice to be able to figure out how to at least get a property or two if it's affordable in a, a market that's accessible to me and doesn't burn my, make me go bald from stress on fixing up properties or helping tenants. That would be a nice, I do think land is never going to go anywhere except for be grown into unless we all run out of water in Arizona and everywhere. Why do you think tenants are stressful? Um, having been a tenant and having to help out around the house here and fixing everything on my own, like you have to, time is money in my opinion. And having lived in like a property in San Francisco, I remember when we called our landlord on the, the, the shower rail, someone broke the shower rail and we had, you know, eight people in a house and a five bedroomer and in mission in, uh, and the guy came the, he just sent over a property helper. And the guy just put up like a two by four on the wall and like hammered in a new thing. And it was so ugly. And I was like, <laughs> you really just like do that fix as a hot fix. And it's like, I don't know. I, I, I just, I do worry about quality control as well. And an air conditioning unit. Oh my gosh. If that goes down three to 10 K, depending on how non-criminal your air conditioning person is. And I, I guess I worry a bit, but also I, yeah. Yeah, loaded question. I think there's a lot to, to analyze. No, I, because that's crazy because I never really have many problems with my tenants. Really? No, like I never have issues. Maybe it's just because Arizona is pretty landlord friendly hmm. and San Francisco is pretty tough for landlords. Like what's the worst thing I've ever had a tenant ask? Just like to install like a back a backyard light. That was the worst. That was it that's all they ever wanted i was like that's cool thank you like cool you pay your rent on time i don't have to do anything oh i'll come drop off air filters once every like three months just please change that and we're cool that's amazing yeah so that's why i'm like huh it's never been a stressful time for us and for us i I guess it's because we have like it's established plumbers here and like ac people who we can lean on so if anything happens, it's like, hey, could you go check out this plumbing issue? They're like, okay, we're on it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I feel like there, like, I don't know how many properties you have, but I feel like there's a number where if you have one property, you might as well have like three 
but then the more the more you have after that you have economies of scale and then you you like know how to handle every issue but then it's that it's that first property where where you like don't really know what you're getting yourself into and it seems seems like you had a lot of help because your your brother's doing the same thing so so like Nick, you're were, you were in kind of like the right place at the right time. Yeah, I'm privileged. Yeah, like my brother really paved the way. Shout out to Neil Saravan. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to that guy. Um, wouldn't be here without him. So like, yeah, so if you ever want to help, I'm more than happy to help either. Of you Have you looked into Airbnbs? No. Okay. So I feel like that would be even more of a headache because like for me, like the headache for a property is to sign a new lease, right? So you have a year lease, you go to the, if they renew, cool. I don't have to do anything for another year. If I had to go find tenants, it's going to take about probably a month of downtime. You go clean, do like some minor fixes, maybe repaint the place, replace the carpets. That post. sounds so tiring. No, no, no. You, this is why you pay people to oh, do oh, it, right? Like, so, so like the little extra money that you make from, from like the rent, just put it into Bahia Bank, just go pay people to go do it because- like, you know, your time is money, right? You don't want to go change carpet, go paint anything. So you have someone get that done within maybe a week or two. But then it's it's an open house. You actually have to be there for to like go have do walk walk-ins, you know, tour the place and then try to get someone locked in, right? So I think that's the biggest, like where most of the time goes as a landlord for in my experience. I mean, I think if I had known how much houses would appreciate in the in the last like two years, like sure, I would have loved to buy a house. Or like Hugh, Hugh probably would have loved to buy a house as well. But um, yeah, I do. I do I'll suspect your Airbnb question though. So oh, I, feel, yeah. I feel like for me, I'm just like okay, hey, constantly having to have people try to stay in your property, get it cleaned, like that just adds more more of more processes i much rather have a little bit like mortgage rent bank that difference and then just let it go to whatever you need to pay for if anything happens yeah it seems like you have it under control i remember asking you and talking to you about the like you were saying alaska but it's better to have properties where you live locally so you can be at the open houses. Yeah. Would you be flying to other open houses if you had it in a different state or somewhere? Probably. And I mean, wow. that, yeah, may, maybe. If really, at that point, you could have a property manager. That's the biggest way to outsource mm. all of your headaches, right? Like they'll do your open house where you, they'll do all this stuff for a fee. Do you know how much that fee is? I don't know. Mm. It's, it's not, it's not extraordinary. Like you, you just won't be profiting as much. But I mean, it sure like saves you a lot of time. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's tricky because the property manager's incentive is to is to do the least possible and make sure everyone's happy. And then the it's like there's just there are different incentives. And so like that's the that's the trickiest part. Um yeah. Yeah, still. Still not, still not convinced about real estate. Just just because of a similar, similar uh, concerns about that Hugh has. Hmm. But I'm, I'm like, 
I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be a great investment going forward with, with how inflation's looking and like interest rates are still low. Um, and I do, I do think I'll eventually have a house, but it'll be in like a different life stage. Um, that being said, Hugh, if you want to get in on a house, we can talk because if, if you, if he wants to get in on something, then we can talk about it. Um, yeah. Uh, Nick, are you? Come on, <laughs> Alaska. Let's, 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 that's probably not Alaska. Let's, let's create a fifth <laughs> that, them. That's where we're going next. <laughs> Yeah. Are you, uh, Nick, are you into crypto at all? Well, I tried watching, was it? Um, Vitalik? Vitalik. Yeah. On um, Lex Friedman the other day, because like I heard he, was it, deleted a huge amount of, is it Ethereum or is it Dogecoin? I know he had a lot of something that he like deleted. He just gave away like millions of Dogecoin when someone just gave it to him for free. Ethereum, I think he's given a lot of it away over time and dude yeah the guy seems like a solid dude so i try to listen to him on lex friedman it made me realize how little i know about yeah, math. you just i know nothing about math no nothing in general yeah so i'm just like okay cool like i'm glad that you're someone who's paving the future because i don't know anything you're saying but i'm trusting you <laughs> the more i listen the more i realize I don't know nothing. You're, you're good. Like, there's different people for different things. Like I'm, I'm okay to be a little bit more social and like kind of just live. A, Enjoy like, your cider, cider yeah, core. Yeah, kind of, kind of just live a simple life. Like that. I'm, I'm accepting my place on this planet. And Dude, that guy is like that guy is like 23 or 24. Yeah, crazy. Shout out to him. Yeah. I feel like I feel like he's more of a robot than a human. Okay, John, do you understand a lot of the like stuff he talks about? Um, uh, I think he like the way the way he talks, it's it's like if he's a robot or like a computer. Um, <coughs> I don't I think it depends on the question. It depends on the topic. But yeah, there, there are some things where I'm just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, I probably didn't help that he was on Lex Friedman. Lex is a smart dude. Maybe if, if only he went on like something like Joe Rogan, I'd probably understand a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Hey, yeah. John, quick question. All right. I, I heard you're... A little bit more, I mean, us Arizonians, probably me, I identify as being a little bit more moderate, probably leaning conservative, like with gun control and stuff. What are your viewpoints on gun control? Whoa. Um, he, was, he and I we were talking about it. I'm just like, man. Because uh, Sam brought it up on the other podcast. Sam? Okay. No, no, not Sam. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> Sam Ovenshine. Oh. Uh. I've, I've been to a gun range once and it was, it was not particularly interesting to me. Mm. And, uh, one time in Vietnam, I shot, I shot, uh, like an AK and I don't know, I was, I like, it's not something that I grew up with. It's not something that, that was part of my communities growing up. And so it's not a big part of my life. Like, I've never been hunting. Um, 
and so if if guns were outlawed it would not affect me hmm. and so that's that's a uh, partially informing the way i think about about guns um especially when i like i don't know you every time there's like something related to to guns you know we all hear about it um so so yeah i would not be i would not be upset if we had fewer guns in the u.s i'm completely Hmm. accepting of that answer and i i think for me i'm just like well why do i like why did i enjoy my experience so much and i guess like this probably leads to the next question for you two what are some things that you enjoy doing with your friends that doesn't involve competition in any form hosting a podcast it's pretty cool that's a good one because like <laughs> like i think this got brought up too like a little bit shift from like shooting i don't know like for me i'll hype up our friend group to go gambling to go play uh, was it craps and like i'm like oh it, i'm not a gambler like i don't really care to win like a hundred bucks that's pretty it's not and i'll be all I was like, mm-hmm. maybe is it that I like losing money? It's like, huh, maybe the thrill of losing money is pretty kind of there too. But then I think I've I pinpointed like why it was so much fun. And it it's one of the few activities where you as like a friend group of five people are all in it together. Where like everyone's like all have, where we're all rooting for the same thing to happen. And we have the same mission goal in mind. I was like, that's awesome because normally like we'd probably do something that's competitive, like play a board game, you know, go do this, go do that. And it's usually involving competition. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing for me, for my experience shooting was we went out to the desert, barbecued and just shot things. I was like, huh, like that was one of the moments of peace where there was no competition ever there. I was like, yeah, like I think it more tells about the things we do together where there is competition it's pop it's not the most fun for me at least right like if we want to go play basketball it's like good exercise but at the end of the day I don't feel as connected to my friends I mean as connected with the people playing as if like we were all sharing a moment as friends Mm. I've always loved that you do friend appreciation day dinners Mm. so Nick will just make this oh this past weekend you made this incredible oh yeah my beef rib I wish I had a photo of it. it Yo, was John, come out. I'll cook for you, bro. Massive <laughs> piece from the local farmer and everything. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, the friend appreciation days are usually tied with me trying to make something big. So, like, economy of scale. I'm like, cool. Like, I have a rib roast, this big chunk of beef rib. Like, I can't eat this. <laughs> I can't eat this before it goes bad. It's like, okay, cool. How do I t- make this? make something that I want to eat and also not have to waste. It's like, cool. I could spend time with my friends. Great idea. Yeah. Like we, we just come out, grill, chill. And I was like, huh, barbecue is one of those few things where no competition. You're just there drinking beer. Oh, tell, tell about the really cool fact, just because it's just a really cool fact about what was the thing you were struggling with this past weekend regarding the heat of the wood? No. Okay. So 
I mean, I, I'm sure we're all nerds. My brother's, um, I submit, get better than me at everything. He's really good at barbecuing. So like, mm-hmm. he he goes. I I, I'm trying to make my beef rib. I start the coals. The coals are smoldering. It causes a lot of white smoke. And using a like a rubber grill, like a kettle. Yeah. So I don't have an actual smoker. I have to use my rubber grill. I was like, okay, might as well. Like this is this is fine. I was like, huh, I don't, I know there's such thing as bad smoke when it comes down to barbecuing. Mm-hmm. So I text my brother. I'm like, yo, is this good or bad smoke? He's like, you probably don't want that to be your exclusive form of smoke because when things, when there isn't a fire and things are smoldering, it releases a lot of smoke, right? The good kind of smokes are the type of smoke that is released while things are actually burning where there's a fire going on mm-hmm. and, and I need to go get some wood. So I just like go scavenge some wood inside my house, put it into my grill, try to have to extinguish the coals to stop that, that bad smoke from happening. And it was such a labor intensive um, day because I constantly have to check whether or not the fire is still going. If, if the fire, in order to have the fire going, you need to have oxygen flowing that pumps up the heat so you don't want your barbecue to go over 300 degrees at the same time if when you pump up the heat the wood burns out faster so like there's it's amazing it's like it's so much fun because it's like this chemistry or like the science experiment that you're doing while also you get this cool product of hopefully a cool product of beef ribs yeah feed feed your homies (laughs) Yeah. keep up this hobby nick i have no vested interest make it was a prime rib for anyone who wants to come out this weekend john's gonna be here in december <laughs> oh, man. I'll, I'll cook for you when you're out here bro <laughs> john leisha right? that'll be awesome yeah what kind, what kind uh, of food do you like uh whatever like yeah i'll eat it <laughs> oh. what's your um, favorite thing to eat in new york um so the problem with me is that there's no difference for me between good food and really 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 good food like I don't care so so there's there's not that much of a difference for me between a $200 meal and a $50 meal no $200 meals actually taste worse in my opinion because your expectations are so high or that and also like it's it's very artsy like it's yeah it's very artsy I, I i appreciate the art and like a lot of it like if i want to go spend like drop that money it's like cool I, I need to start changing my expectation that the food i'm gonna eat there isn't gonna be the best food i've ever had right it's it's more of an experience yeah. it's more like me going to a museum because like the best my favorite food's like ten dollar chicken and rice plate at my local puerto rican place <laughs> right like yeah i yeah i uh i agree like I'm not, I'm not impressed when I have an expensive meal that is good because it should be good. <laughs> I'm impressed when I have a not expensive meal that's really good. And so that's, that's harder to find. Um, the worst is when your expensive meal isn't good. That's the worst. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty sad when that, when that happens. Huh. Um, we went to the sushi place. I won't name drop them. <laughs> um it was it was my girlfriend dropped quite a bit of money on it and then like for her like she she if something's too fishy like 
she can't really eat it. And then there, it's supposed to be the best sushi place in Arizona. And then she was having trouble eating it because it was too fishy for her. But where we have this like new conveyor belt sushi place called Cora here. And like that place, it's it's pretty like decent. I, I like it a lot. It's my favorite sushi in Arizona, to be honest. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, like I'm totally discontent with just going to Cora from now on. Uh, but it was it was cool experiencing something new. But it's like, man, like this was a little bit too artsy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the Italian food is pretty good here. It's like pasta. There are a few places that uh, that are like you know it's handmade and everything, and it's it's really good. There's a Taiwanese noodle, and th- I mean there's. There's, there are a ton of good places to eat out here. Yeah, there's a Sichuan uh, Chinese restaurant that's like, it's like three blocks from my apartment. And that place is really good. Um, have you seen this guy on Sichuan Peppers? On Sichuan Peppers? Yeah, have you seen, have you seen him? <laughs> no, it's, it's a real thing. He gets on them very much. Like, yeah, he loves his Sichuan Peppers. And like, he'll just be sweating. And well, like, you okay? He's just like, I'm better than okay. He's just on this high. He just he just keeps eating. It's amazing. The last Hugh, you, yeah, Hugh, if you ever make it out here, then we can we can eat a bunch. Uh yeah, I don't really I don't really care for food because I I can also like cook like well enough where I'm satisfied. And so and so I get I get a little sad when I go for a long time without cooking. So I, yeah, I, I make, I make omelets exactly how I like them. I make pasta exactly how I like it. Um, I make salmon and vegetables exactly how I like it. So one um, of these episodes I just remembered was the John's pasta recipe on like episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're like, we don't know what else to talk about. Oh, I made, I made Salmon, uh, Hugh, I made salmon for you and your family. Do you remember? Yeah, you did. It was delicious, actually. We liked it a lot. <laughs> Man, that's, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, it's gone to the point where I don't know if the quality of food has just been going down because, like, the shortage of labor. But, like, eating out now is just such a big risk in my mind mm-hmm. because the places that I used to, like, are kind of have gotten so much worse. To the point where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to make my own food because it tastes better. And usually I was my worst critic. And now I'm like, okay, I'm just going to make my own food. Has it, is it the case in Arizona that also the, the tip that is expected has gone up? Because in, in New York, when, when they show you the, they show you the, the payment thing, sometimes, sometimes the lowest tip percentage is 20%. Oh, ours is 18 that I've been seeing. Yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember as a kid, it, like it used to be 15%. Like 12. Yeah. Sometimes I would see 12. And yeah. The worst is when you go and split a check, but they, they show you the full tip amount to all parties. That, that is a little bit dirty in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I'm not for the audience. Please don't cancel us. We're not, we're not opposed to tipping. <laughs> uh, we just, we just hope that the, the prices actually like, you know, the, the actual revenue would, would be used to like pay people like, like which makes sense. Um, but yeah. Anyways, Nick, do you have any words of wisdom 
any parting thoughts thanks for coming on oh, good i think last time i oh, well i'm just gonna say again all right peace out everyone love each other i love you guys <laughs> there we go and then so with that we've come to another close of the moon tea podcast where we're graciously uh, joined by nick saravan thanks for coming on thanks for having us i mean i don't ever get a chance to connect with john so it's like cool might as well let's kick back and have a good time with john (laughs) right back at you (laughs) this is my secret ploy or our secret ploys of getting our friends to be friends and then one day we'll all just be hanging out with each other come on i'll cook you dinner no we'll (laughs) make pasta (laughs) it sounds wonderful Uh, so with that we're moon tea podcast we're a podcast that talks about craft community building meaningful careers if you're interested feel free to reach out to us and tell us how we can do better or recommend any other friends or guests that might be interested to come on Uh, you can email us at moonteapodcast at gmail.com with that like subscribe and see you later